to uh, the chapel at Community Missions. Uh, this is our midweek um, worship service that we offer to the community um, here uh, every week. Um, if you are looking for uh, ongoing daily um, uh, supports around your faith and spirituality, just something to engage your mind a little bit to uh, give you a little help these days, you can always visit uh, hopefornagra.org. Uh, the website where uh, the services posted each week uh, contains daily reflections uh, that you can um, access there at any time to uh, give you a little list or something uh, to think about that might be of help for you each day. Uh, let's begin uh, our worship today uh, with our call to worship, which is going to come from Psalm 66 and it's verses 16 through 20. Come and hear all you who fear God, and I will tell what he has done for me. I cried aloud to him and he was extolled with my tongue. If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But truly God has listened. He has given heed to the words of my prayer. Blessed be God, because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. Let's continue our worship with a song this morning. As we continue our worship this morning in a time of prayer, um, I ask that you continue as we have been each week to keep in your uh, hearts and your minds and your prayers uh, and your thoughts to all those who are struggling uh, with uh, illness, especially uh, with COVID-19, uh, that you pray for their speedy recovery, 
that you pray um, for their families um, and for the individuals as um, this illness uh, comes with isolation from those that would normally um, give us the support that we need. Uh, as always, keep all of those who uh, are uh, still out there in the world working uh, in grocery stores and in gas stations and in police cars and doctors and nurses and ambulance drivers and so many others uh, that um, have responsibility for uh, other people's well-being, uh, the people that we're uh, calling those uh, frontline workers. Uh, please uh, give uh, them your support and prayer today uh, and uh, a special prayer for their safety and for um, uh, the safety of their families, uh, and, um, uh, and a special thanks uh, to God uh, for people who uh, are doing that for everybody else. Um, today, uh, I'd like us to have uh, a special prayer as we continue to hear more and more news about reopening um, the economy and trying to uh, have things get a little bit back to normal and bring businesses back together. I uh, just ask that you pray for wisdom for our political leaders, that they uh, will um, be able to um, read the tea leaves a little bit of the uh, recommendations and to um, make the right choices based on all of that uh, data information and information that uh, they're looking at so that they can do this in the safest way possible. Um, and also that we pray that there will not be a resurgence of um, uh, this uh, disease as we uh, do that reopening. And to help with that, we uh, ask that you pray especially for yourselves, uh, for me, uh, for everybody. That even though there is this talk and even though everybody is tired and worn out uh, and glad to hear this talk uh, of uh, reopening, that we continue to practice those things uh, that uh, we know have made the difference. Uh, to, uh, being taking care of uh, our uh, washing of hands and our personal distance from one another and wearing masks when we're in public and all the different things that we can all do to show how much we care, not just about our own well-being, but about the well-being of our neighbors, uh, because all those actions we take reduce uh, the spread of this virus. So uh, with all of these things in mind and whatever your concerns are on your heart today, uh, whatever joys and blessings you may be receiving, because God is always bringing us blessings, let's uh, take a moment to uh, lift up uh, all of these things to God uh, as we join together uh, and pray uh, today. Amen. 
So our gospel reading for today comes from the book of Acts. And I always like to let people know that uh, the book of Acts is actually Luke-Acts, the same person who wrote the gospel of Luke uh, also wrote Acts, and they are the same work together. So um, it is that same author. Just something I think everybody should know. So our text today comes from chapter 17. Um, it's verses 22 through 31. And <clears throat> the uh, text is uh, a moment where Paul uh, is out and... Uh, uh, spreading the gospel and preaching and, and teaching uh, in uh, Greek cities. And this is a moment where he is in Athens and he's encountered uh, philosophers and uh, thinkers and people who were interested in what he was saying and unsure about it. So they've invited him um, to speak. And this is the, uh, uh, his proclamation, um, his sermon, as he uh, speaks to this group of folks who uh, do... Um, all kinds of thinking as their daily business. Um, it's in uh, um, uh, Athens, and it's at a place called Areopagus. And what it was, what that was, to the best of our knowledge, was um, a gathering place uh, that uh, these kind of discussions and thought took place, as well as political discussions and interaction. Um, it was a place where there was a lot of talking um, and discussing of ideas. Uh, so that is uh, the setting for Paul's uh, message and the setting for our text from the book of Acts today. And it goes like this. Then Paul stood in front of the Areopagus and said, Athenians, I see how extremely religious you are in every way. For as I went through the city and looked carefully at the objects of your worship, I found among them an altar with the inscription to an unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it he who is Lord of heaven and earth does not live in shrines made by human hands, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gave to all mortals life and breath and all things. From one ancestor he made all nations to inhabit the whole earth, and he allotted the times of their existence and the boundaries of the places where they would live, so that they would search for God, and perhaps grope for him, and find him, though indeed he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, even as some of your own poets have said. For we too are his offspring. Since we are God's offspring, we ought not to think that the deity is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of mortals. While God has overlooked the times of human ignorance, now he commands all people everywhere to repent, because he has fixed a day on which he will have the world judged in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. The Apostle Paul is huge in the Christian tradition, a huge figure. It can't be underestimated at all how big uh, the Apostle is. Um, much, the majority probably, of um, Christian theology in the West is uh, about how... Um, the, the church universal, how Christians have come uh, to interpret um, uh, the Apostle Paul, who was himself interpreting uh, the revealed message of Jesus to himself. Much of what the New Testament, much of the New Testament's writing is actually made up of uh, Paul's writings or writings attributed to him. So uh, he looms large. So it's always something I think people should just know. When you're reading Paul, 
um, you're getting an idea of, of some of the baseline material that the Christian faith uh, and Christian theology is based on. Um, so it's a good place to begin your critique um, as you're trying to understand what it means to you. So that said, the other thing that's neat about Paul is the way uh, that he, uh, he preached. Um, his work wasn't in churches, it was in the communities. He was out in the communities evangelizing, spreading the good news, and um, uh, was um, trying to bring people uh, to a belief in Christ. So um, he didn't have a church that was his own. Um, he was the establisher of many churches. That's also important to recognize because we have so many different kinds of churches, as I mentioned in a few sermons, uh, a few sermons ago. Uh, so all these things are important, and I like to mention them. But in this particular instance, it's that sort of Paul out in the community preaching, which is important because that's where we enter into this, as I had said uh, earlier on before the reading. So uh, to help get into this, I want to start with a kind of a um, weird story from back in the 80s. Uh, when I was much younger uh, and uh, much more handsome. And uh, that happened in kind of the strangest way. So um, briefly, um, I was uh, very busy with work at the time, <clears throat> and I had this uh, uh, week or so where things were kind of nonstop. So I wasn't watching the news. I wasn't engaged in any kind of anything except what was right in front of me and what I had to do. But all the while, I felt kind of this pressure building inside me, like um, I was kind of waiting for some kind of shift, it felt like, for something to change, for something to happen. Uh, and, um, you know, I just attributed it to uh, the work uh, that I was doing and trying to get to the completion of this project. Um, and uh, a week or so into this, um, I had a day where it was kind of felt like unbearable. Uh, and then uh, just uh, at a certain point, it's like kind of a dam broke and it went away. I'd gone to sleep one night, I woke up and I'm like, oh, it's all gone. Oh, it just, it felt kind of like a relief. Well, it just so happens that uh, afternoon, um, my uh, brother, who was at that time in England, uh, uh, called and uh, to say hello and we he talked. And uh, the first thing he said was to me, <laughs> said to me was, hey, happy harmonic convergence. So people who are old enough will remember uh, there was this moment where the planets, planets all lined up. It happens periodically uh, over time where all the planets in uh, the solar system sort of line up into this harmonic convergence. Um, and uh, there were all kinds of uh, groups of people sort of celebrating this and drawing together. And it's supposed to be a moment of power and everything in the universe um, and uh, an alignment of life on Earth and uh, uh, creation and all these things. So people were out wielding crystals and doing all kinds of stuff to be part of this harmonic convergence and standing on hilltops and, and stuff like that. It was pretty interesting to me. I'm like, huh, maybe that was what it was all about. And I really, you know, maybe that's why I felt that way. But honestly, no, it was probably because I was really stressed out at work and had a lot going on and uh, just kind of that pressure had built up and whatever I, I had to have done uh, inside to sort of release it, I guess I managed to do and, and, and it went away. But it happened to coincide with this thing. But for just a moment, it was like, hmm, maybe I should consider this. Well, that doesn't sound unreasonable, especially to a lot of people today. I mean, we believe in all kinds of stuff. And that's exactly what uh, Paul is saying in his gospel. 
he went to Athens and he walked around and saw all these idols and all of these different religions and heard all of these conversations of all these people talking about big ideas and was in uh, debates with them and talks with them. And, and there were many, many gods. It was a polytheistic society. It was that, it was that uh, pantheon of Roman gods that were uh, <clears throat> being uh, worshipped and um, other kinds of mystery cults and uh, little religions here and little religions there and all different kinds of things. And among them was the new uh, and uh, slowly then quickly growing Christian uh, religion. Uh, so um, it, it was this mix of the new and the old like Judaism and uh, you know these ancient uh, Roman and Greek uh, religions um, with all these different gods. And um, that's what Paul was in the middle of when he was walking around. And the text tells us he came across one um, uh, of the uh, idols somewhere in uh, the city uh, that was an idol to an unknown god. It was like, hmm, we better just cover all our bases just in case there's one that we haven't been able to find yet or hasn't found us, so we don't want to miss or offend any deity. So let's make uh, a kind of a catch-all uh, shrine, an idol, a, a uh, offering place for this unknown God. And Paul, when he's talking to uh, the people of Athens uh, at Areopagus, he, he grabs onto that uh, image and uses that for the springboard for this message because they believed all different kinds of stuff. And today people believe all different kinds of stuff. Now, just before anybody starts to wonder, I'm advocating for my uh, belief system, for my Christian tradition, because that's, that's what I am. I understand people have different ways of believing um, and different religions and faith traditions uh, that are deep and wide, and I get that. So what I'm about to talk about isn't putting my uh, advocacy, my apologetics for the Christian faith in this moment, which is kind of a rare thing for me to do, um, uh, to be an apologist for the faith. Um, but uh, I'm not setting it against other faith traditions. Um, I'm setting it against all the other stuff. Okay, just so we're clear. What is all that other stuff? Do you believe in ghosts? Do you believe in other supernatural powers? Are you more of the crunchy granola type that um, looks at the world as a holistic web of things? Or are rocks your thing? Like crystals and gemstones and uh, that kind of stuff. Um, are you the kind of person who is going to take that crystal necklace and hold onto it because it gives you uh, that power uh, to feel grounded in some way? I guess these days I should also say, do you believe in magic? Do you believe in magic in a young girl's heart? Not that kind of magic, but like, you know, Harry Potter with, you know, the wands and the wizards. Lumos. And as a big fan of fantasy and science fiction books, I like love those Harry Potter books. And since I just mentioned it, what about aliens? Do you believe in aliens? I'm inclined to think that the universe is pretty big. That's so it's not out of the question. But did they plant genetic seeds on our planet to create life? Uh, that I don't really buy. But some people do. I guess that's okay. We believe in all different kinds of stuff. Werewolves and vampires and all kinds of different things these days. People take this stuff seriously. 
sometimes really seriously. There's an actual whole honest-to-God-like registered religion about being a Jedi. So, in a way, the kind of people that Paul was addressing, it's no different than the kind of people that uh, we address today from the pulpits and from our churches and as people of faith and like I'm doing right now. People believe all kinds of stuff. Even good Christian people believe all kinds of stuff. For instance, I had a church that I served here in Niagara Falls, and I used to spend a lot of time there uh, in my office there until really late at night. The problem was when you would leave uh, your office, leave <clears throat> when I leave my office, uh, I had to lock the office door, <clears throat> walk across the friendship room, turn off all the lights, close the door, and then lock it, uh, and then walk past the steps that went down into the basement of the church. Man, anything could come up from out of there. All kinds of ghouls and goblins and crazy stuff. That's how it felt. People believe all kinds of stuff for all different kinds of reasons. Again, no different than what Paul was doing in Athens, and what he was facing everywhere. People believed lots of stuff. And he made this essential argument. He said to them, look, what I'm going to say to you is that you believe in all these things. You are a religious people. You have a kind of faith and you even have this unknown God. You uh, make it a point to say that there's more out there than what we know. And he says, I'm going to tell you what that is. And he says, it is the God who is the creator of the universe, of you and me and everything in it and all life, who's established everything, that loves us beyond all measure, that so much so that he gave us uh, uh, a savior to come and help us be redeemed, to become the kind of people that such a God who has created everything would want us to be. And what's more of proof of this, as proof of uh, the authority of this and the reality of this, for all of you, for me, for everyone, is that God raised Christ from the dead. That's the proof of how amazing God is. And did so, Paul will always explain, so that we might have newness of life today, that we can be united with God, and that we can have a relationship that is free from sin, and always have access to God's forgiveness, to be the kind of people we need to be towards one another. This is what Paul shared with all of these thinkers, all of these people who are used to talking about all these ideas about all the other kinds of stuff they believed. Really, no different than what Christians do today. So, what are we to make of this? And how are we to um, approach it in our current time? And man, it's a crazy time. There is lots of stress. There is lots of uncertainty. Um, there is just a lot of nuttiness around how things are in our current situation. Uh, we don't know oh, what all the outcomes of this pandemic is going to be for us. Uh, we uh, are all working to try and uh, limit its effects and we're trying to uh, find ways to uh, make things better. But in the midst of it, people are looking for things to hold on to. And I expect people are turning to lots of these other things. And if it brings people peace, fair enough. But here's my question, and here's my point for us today. Since we believe in all of those other things, 
Why not Jesus resurrected from the grave? Why not a God who comes uh, to us, who decides to live as one of us, as fully human, in the person of Jesus of Nazareth, to teach us about uh, our need for forgiveness, our need to love one another, and show us how we ought to do that, to actually uh, go through a sacrificial process of uh, being unjustly accused, tried, convicted, executed, and then raised from the dead for the sake of atoning for our sins, to give us access to that same eternal life, to ourselves be able to have newness of life that begins today. Why not try Jesus resurrected from the grave? Why not give belief in that a moment of your time? We believe in all sorts of stuff, friends. And as Christians, I know that people believe in all sorts of stuff, too. So whether you're a Christian or whether you are not watching this, I'd ask the same thing of you. Give that moment of believing Christ as rising from the dead, as the one who died and rose from the dead for you, so that you could have newness of life today. So that you would have a place and a way to place all of these concerns and cares and all of these stresses and anxieties, all of this craziness at the foot of the cross. To be able to relieve yourself from that stress because that's what God does for us, cares for us, and loves us. Why not give it a try? I hope that you'll consider it. And if you have questions about that, you can contact me. There'll be an email link uh, in the bottom of the video. I'd be happy uh, to talk with you about that from wherever you are and however you look at it. I will take your lead. You're welcome to the conversation. But if you don't, at least consider we believe a whole lot of other stuff anyway. Why not Jesus resurrected from the grave?